Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. sunshine good morning well it's not really morning for you is it it's like afternoon for you now yeah i've been up since two in the morning so it's good good evening (laughs) tell us what you've been doing since 2 a.m oh god i woke up at two and i was like no absolutely not this is unacceptable i'm going back to bed i'm going to sleep and then i laid there for an hour and i thought yeah this isn't happening i got up (laughs) made myself some tea and watched downton abbey Perfect. How are you? Great glasses. Thank you. Well, I'm having a problem right now. So you know sometimes when you put on certain face creams and they burn your eyes? Oh, no. And it's really fucking me up right now. So I have these big glasses on with palm trees on them to hide my... (sighs) Well, I'm not sure I can have a serious conversation with you with those on, so... (sighs) I'm not sure I can have a serious conversation with you ever. (laughs) (laughs) True. so i may be um you know kind of a little sniffly yeah my niece is ill at the moment sick and um oh the one you've been yeah monitoring yeah so i'm hoping i dodged it i just i'm like bitch i cannot do this right now i'm leaving yeah I will have a fucking mental breakdown if I get you sick again. You already got sick all the I time I had you need. a month of consumption and I don't want any more. So, no. Absolutely not. Get out of town. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying and that's why. <laughs> the countdown has begun. So, shall we get into it so that we can get into it? Yeah, we got to get into it so we can get into it to get into it. Right, I always forget every week. Do we do news first or feedback first? We do news first. <laughs> well, oh, I always, I went to count us in again. I'm on one, two, three, four. <laughs> wow. Tragic. Ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? No, I, we, no we actually, I've decided we're going to record... A thing, and then we can sing over the top of it if we want, but I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Excuse me? You don't get to just decide that. There's two of us in this relationship. Yeah, no, we have to. It's There's two of us at this news desk. <laughs> okay, well, from the desk of is having a recorded message at the <laughs> Wow. Some changes. At the network. From the desk of Annabelle Jones, you can sing it if you want, but I can't do this anymore because every week I fuck it up. What I propose is that we have a recorded one and we sing over the top. So we've got a guide. Got it. Yeah. So we're getting the best of both. Well, shit, as long as there are some changes at the network, I have a few things I'd like to bring (laughs) up at the next board meeting. Let's see. I'd like donuts in the green room. You live near some shops. I'm sure you can uh, get some delivered to your door. Any, I do. I have a donut shop at the end of my road that's so good. They do like the maple bacon donuts with yeah. a piece of bacon on top. You, you've got a bunch of yummy things like that, which I'm sure you can rustle up. For a while, we were walking down. We had like Tuesday donut morning and we would walk down the road and get a donut. 
But then I gave up because I hate, I can't walk. Lucy, it's so close to your house. I know, but like, I don't want to walk in the morning. I want to like have my tea, journal a bit, look at a tree. It's one day. (laughs) It's one fucking day. I gave up. I gave up. It lasted like three weeks. And then I I, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. Right, we'll talk about that later. So, vis a vis our earlier conversation, we will discuss that later. Okay. We'll get into it. Ready? It's, it's not world news. It's not important news. It's, it's Lucy and Lucy Annabelle, and Annabelle news. news. The look of hatred on your face when you just did that. And you had your eyes closed so you didn't have to connect with me. That was the most horrible. You know I have abandonment issues, right? You're triggering me. I felt this so alone. How, this is how men feel when I lose interest in them. You just got a little taste of it. I feel so... I, I just felt more alone doing that duet with you than I've ever felt Lucy, in a performance. It wasn't a duet. Get a grip of yourself. It was the news. We do it every week. It's not a bloody singing duet. Don't make this like the OMS at yoga group or whatever the fuck you do at Laurel Canyon Recovery yeah, whatever. Center. Whatever. <laughs> what do you got for us, Annabelle Jones? What's okay. going on in the world? I just saw this and I loved it because I'm obsessed with Hunter Biden. Exclusive. Hunter gets the Hollywood treatment. British actor Lawrence Fox plums the depths of Joe Biden's son's passions for drugs, prostitutes, and painting. Um, I'm obsessed with Hunter Biden. <laughs> I don't even know who Hunter Biden is. <laughs> who is it? Joe Biden's son. He's an okay. Uh, he's just a real... Okay, let's just say, Joe Biden's son, passion for drugs, prostitutes, and painting. Isn't that just... Every son of like an aristocrat or politician or rich person ever. I think yeah. what you're describing is just the upper classes. It's just usually it's hidden from us, but Hunter Biden's soppy, so it's out. I think what you're describing is the child of a rock star. I think what you're des- describing <laughs> is just like, yeah. Just Anybody's an, kid? Anybody famous <laughs> and rich's kid. Sorry, guys, to break it to you. Is um, Hunter Biden friends with Donald Trump's son? I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that question. I doubt it. But the reason I love Hunter Biden is because during uh, during Biden's election, Hunter made a couple of few little oopsie doopsies, and, <laughs> and he like his laptop got it didn't even get stolen. He left it somewhere, and on the laptop, and then it got taken to a pawn shop. Some lawyer that was working for Rudy Giuliani bought the laptop from the pawn shop, knowing it was uh, Hunter Biden's, and there was so much shit on it. There was pictures of his dick, there was pictures of him like smoking crack, there was pictures of him with prostitutes, there was all text messages, there was all like sensitive information. So obviously they were trying to like weaponize that in during Biden's ascension to um to power and i think what they underestimated is the fact that the tech world and all of the ceos our our tech overlords wanted the biden administration to come in 
so badly that they just squashed the story. I tried to share yeah. it in Twitter with a friend and it got deleted from my mm. inbox on Twitter. Whoa, so, that is terrifying. And I, I Googled that and a load of people were like, the story's gone. So they were just scrubbing <coughs> it, scrubbing it, scrubbing it, scrubbing it. And they've done such a terrific job at cleaning up after Hunter Biden because obviously they want Joe Biden to be squeaky clean, which of course you want any president to be squeaky clean. But I love Hunter because he's just really out there, just smoking cigs in the bath with hookers, doing crack, <laughs> painting. You know, I just love it. I'm just like, yeah, great. Good for you. I love to see it. His brother's widow and him had a love affair. Classic tale. And His brother's widow and him had a yeah. love affair. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, that's who's, who's that's standard. Yeah, that's you really can't, standard. You can't fuck the dad, so next best thing's the brother. Right. Surprise uh, they're not married. Well, Hunter is a massive He's addict. not the marrying type. Yeah, he's not the marrying type. He needs to put the, the old pipe down and then maybe he'll um he'll be able to hold down a relationship. So basically How old is he? he's fifty one. Wow. Um, okay, so they're making a show about Hunter Biden. Do you know who Lawrence Fox is? No. He's an English actor who has gone a bit spicy. <laughs> and he's become extremely, uh, he's become radicalized. He is now very, very um, conservative. Some would say he's like a fascist. He started his own political party called the Reclaim Party. You know, he's against, he's basically, I would say, a libertarian, whatever the English version of that is. Needless to say, not a popular chap (laughs) in the UK. People think he's just lost the plot. I mean, he says some things that I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. And then other things I'm like, whoa, (laughs) okay, all right. And he started his career doing like really sweet programs like, I don't know, like Last of the Summer Wine, cute like granny, Midsummer Murders and shit. Started Uh as a wholesome chap, has turned into some kind of political revolutionary. And now he's playing Hunter Biden on television. I love it. For me, I'm like, Madhu, (laughs) this is crazy. Um, And I can't wait to see the show. So the film is called My Son Hunter. Um, to still show the actor with white powder on his nose as he fakes being passed out on the breast of a female colleague. The professional images from the set exclusively obtained by the Daily Mail show the British actor recreating some iconic and compromising situations associated with the first son, including Biden's latest art endeavours and his history of drug and addiction. Drugs and addiction. Um, yeah, it I says there in this thing. iconic. <laughs> well, I know. Iconic. Well, because the Daily Mail is quite conservative, so they're obviously, oh. they are egging it the fuck on. He's been open about his drug addiction. There are 103,000 text messages and 154,000 emails on his laptop that reveals he blew thousands on suspected prostitutes and strippers. He told Jesus in April, I spent more time on my hands and knees, picking through rugs, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone you know. 
I mean, oh I went God. one time for 13 days without sleeping and smoking crack and drinking vodka exclusively throughout that entire time. So this is the president. Is he in politics or is he just a socialite or is he He's an got artist? Some, or? He's supposedly a lawyer. Okay. Like what does he contribute? He's on the board of several of the Biden's businesses in Russia. I don't know. I wasn't there. Wow, and they've um, just really whitewashed him oh, and yeah, helped yeah, him yeah. out, huh? Yeah, they've tidied that one right up. But anyway, wow. I'm fucking stoked to see this film. I think it's going to be an absolute train wreck. And I want to be in it. Lawrence Fox is going to get dragged to the high heavens for it. I just love the drama, the whole thing. I love it. This is the most chaotic time of all time, and I'm living for every fuck up that there is. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm bored. I miss Donald Trump. (laughs) You miss him. Yeah, I know. It's been very quiet since he left. It's been very quiet. (laughs) Joe Biden's tweets are so boring. Joe Biden's pulling some shit, but I'm not going to get into that today. We are going to stay away from that conversation. (laughs) We are staying away from it. As far as I'm concerned, Trump was a great comedian. I miss him on the world stage. I can't, he's creating a social media app. I can't wait for it to come out. I'll subscribe. I'll probably be on there for 10 minutes and go, oh my God, get me off of there. Oh, he's creating his own app because nobody else will allow him. Yeah, because, uh, because our tech overlords have silenced him. Can you believe it? They are silencing many things that I am quite scared about, actually. I am watching daily as things are taken down, covered up. Yeah, it's wild. If they can deplatform the guy that you don't like, they can deplatform the guy that you do like. And I think that's very important for us all to remember is that right now it's the guy that we don't like. But what happens when it's our guy? True. And that's what frightens me about it. Yeah. And to many people, Trump was their guy. Yeah. So no wonder. There's so much anger. (laughs) Let me just end this line of conversation and that sentiment with this thought for you and and the listeners. Donald Trump was deplatformed from social media while he was still the president of the United States of America. And that's all you need to to think about. (laughs) Anyway, what's your news, babe? (laughs) Anyway, just going to leave that there. My news could not be more uh, opposite than yours. Go on. If you were already bored, then you're probably going to be super bored by this, but I find it fascinating. (laughs) So here's the headline. Scientists discover how intricate spider webs are made by brains that are a fraction of the size of a human's brain. So lately, don't know what's gotten into me, but I've become very obsessed with wondering how the fuck a spider spins a web. Tell us everything. I found a great article. No, do you ever think about that? Do you ever look at a spider web and go, that is a miracle? How do they do that? All the time. I've got hundreds of pictures of them on my phone. Do you? (laughs) Yeah. Especially one that's hanging like in midair in a really hard to get to place in midair you just think 
How far can they see? How did they jump from this branch to that branch? Have you watched the movie Spider-Man? <laughs> yes, uh, Tobey Maguire is my favorite. Well, there you go. Uh, all the answers to your questions are in those films. You know what? And Toby's a friend of mine, and I've never asked him, hey, how do you do it? <laughs> You've really missed an opportunity there. I mean, all I know is that he, like, flicks his wrist somehow and then comes out of something in there. I don't understand what happens after that. So anyway, so this article that I found on goodnewsnetwork.org, it says uh, the John Hopkins University researchers discovered precisely how the spiders are building their webs by using night vision and AI to track and record every movement of all eight legs as spiders worked in the dark. So they watched, I think, eight different spiders to see if they were all doing the same thing, which they were, between species, even if the final structure is a little different, the rules they use to build the web are the same. And that confirms that the rules are encoded in their brains. And now we want to know how those rules are encoded at the level of neurons, and it will help us understand larger brain systems, including humans, and they are very excited with the future of all this. The web-making behaviors are so similar that the researchers were able to predict the part of a web that a spider was working on just from seeing the position of a leg. Oh, interesting. I know. What does it all mean? And fascinating that through studying the brain patterns of such a tiny creature, we're maybe able to learn more about the human brain. Do you think they really will be able to learn more about the human brain from a spider's brain? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're planning next to get down to the level of how this is programmed at the neuron level. I will follow this story closely yeah, and you give you really a thrilling should, update. You should keep but, on top of it because next time I can't sleep, I'm going to call you to tell me about it I again. know. I know. It's just riveting. <laughs> but... Actually, all jokes aside, this kind of thing is fucking riveting to me because it makes you f question everything. You can, I don't know if you saw that fantastic fungi, fungi documentary about how mushrooms just make the entire world possible. Fungi. And interconnect fungi, thank you. The interconnectedness of this system that exists in fungi keeps the world going. I just think there's miracles around us everywhere, and a spider's web to me is absolutely insane. It is. I, I've seen so many where I've thought, how is this possible? And then my next thought is, do you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> it's too big. It's just, I just don't want to know. I, I want some things to be a mystery. Oh, well, sorry to no, burst no, no. your bubble with you haven't, you haven't, You haven't burst my bubble at all. I, I, the truth is, is that I don't think they're ever going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they'll ever figure it out. There's so many things in us that, there's, that are like, seem simple that they still haven't managed to figure out. I know. A bit like going to space. I'm sort of like, well, really, Spider's Web? You know, there's a couple of other problems we need to address here. But if you guys feel like we should be spending some time on the uh, spider's web, then let's see. <laughs> you know what, Annabelle? You're making fun of it, but I think this is a really important 
endeavor. No, I not hope- not just the spider's web, but like shit like this. Like I know the I, inner workings of creation. Yeah. I think there are t- there are different schools of thought on it, and I am just one of those people where I'm just like, we don't need to know everything. Can anything just be a mystery? Yeah, but that's not human nature, though. That's not human nature to just let things lie un- unexplained. Like the thing, in, the things in Hunter Biden's laptop should have just stayed a mystery. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> that's called, you know, respect for personal boundaries. <laughs> anyway, that's no, my I'm, news. No, I'm glad you spider you webs. It is. I like to know what things they're researching because it just makes me think, like, oh, there's a a room full of people somewhere in the world, sort of just doing things like this and that's how they spend their days it's fascinating i like to learn about it i'm constantly researching stuff like that i just find it fascinating and in a way i don't know it does help me understand my own beliefs my my spiritual beliefs what i think we're all here for what it all means it just makes you think doesn't it do you think it all means something I think what I see when I went on the spiderweb topic is I see universes within universes within universes. Mm. And to me, the spiderweb is a universe. Yeah. And when you get down to the microscopic level, I mean, I, re- I just pulled up this morning. I was looking at this microscopic creature that has eight legs with claws and a little round mouth. And it's microscopic. And they said it could... It could survive any explosion on Earth, like any catastrophe. That little thing will still be here. Well, that's a universe that we have no idea about. And so we are at our level being human size in our little solar system. But we are microscopic to something. Yeah. So it just... It's like stoner thoughts, I guess. But I'm not stoned. But it's... (laughs) It's fascinating just, to just me. Just stoned on good vibes only, baby. Just good vibes. Well, please keep us abreast of the spiders and fungi as the story I will. Itself. And please let us know how Hunter is doing. I will, I will. Okay, people. You fucking people. There were a lot of great things said after this last episode, Judgy. And... We said that we were going to go away and try to catch ourselves throughout the week being judgmental. How'd that go for you? Good. I mean, did it cross your mind again? Did did you catch yourself at all? Yeah, because I've been thinking about it for a few weeks, so it's been sort of like on repeat. I just have to work on my big issue with the judgy stuff is my mega intense judgment of myself, and I mm-hmm. think if I can unpick that then the, uh, the rest will loosen up, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I have been thinking about the whole concept of like when there's something that is bothering me about somebody, instead of getting in a flap about it, thinking more like, well, is this bothering me because it's me? Like, am I reflected in this person? Um, I had a funny run-in with a family member this week that was uncomfortable and felt quite negative and I felt very shameful afterwards for no reason not literally it was just the it was my takeaway from it was like 
feeling like I'd done something wrong when I've not done anything wrong. I sort of had to ask myself, what is it about this behavior in this person that gets me really feeling judgy and shameful? Judgy towards them, judgy towards, and judgy towards me with the shame. And what I realize is it's just a family trait and behavior that they exhibit that I think is horrid and I hate it when I do it in myself. Mm-hmm. There's some little, there's some little, little cuties in the, in the DNA on my dad's side. That is, it's a potent cocktail of, of country. And, wow. <laughs> um, and I'm really acutely aware when it jumps out and I really try to keep tabs on it. And now more than ever, especially since the crash, I'm sort of, you know, examining things a lot more. What's the person I want to be? And, and I think that that's such a confrontation for me every time I see that, that specific family trait exhibited. I'm like, ah, it's me. <laughs> I mm-hmm. hate it. <laughs> like, so that's kind of been really interesting this week. And yeah, the shame and the judgment were very interlinked in that. So I'm sort of just, you know. They really are. Ruminating on the idea and trying to yeah. come to terms with that. How about yourself? Something you said really changed my week when you said that as a kid you were always scanning Mm. situations and people and I noticed myself doing that a lot this week interesting and then I noticed I caught myself just judging myself to death a lot Mm. (laughs) just looking in the mirror and your first reaction is yeah or looking around and feeling that everything looks gross just and then what we talked about which is stopping yourself and then replacing that thought with no mm-hmm. i was i started to see it so i'm so happy we talked about it last yeah. week yeah and then you forget about it and you sink back into doing it's a habit it's a fucking habit it really is and it's it's upheld by so many things and people around us that it's a tough one to break but yeah, I, I like that you're saying that I did the same thing. I definitely made an effort to be more, to like gas myself up a bit more. Like if I thought mm-hmm. I looked nice, you know, I'd be look in the mirror and like say to whoever I'm with, God, I look stunning. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd just be like, cool. I look, love doing that for myself. Look at, my friend took a picture of me the other day and I was like, wow. That. <laughs> That is, that, my bum looked so good in it. I was like, fucking hell, that's going on the grid. Like, this needs to be seen. I want praise and attention for this because even I can see that that is a fine ass. Um, That's great. So I've been trying to, like, put some more fun, light, loving energy into that kind of thing. Like, my eyebrows look good or my hair looks good or, you know, whatever it is and just kind of, Put more of my energy into that than into, yes. oh, Annabelle, you're bleh, bleh. Yes. You know, like, whatever. Uh-huh. I was, you know how you've been looking around, you look around your flat and you go like, oh, everything's wrong in here? Yep. I started doing that with my fairy house. Really? Yeah. You just got there. I know. And just going like, no, this is wrong. That comes from this judgment, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, I think all my things have been in storage and, well, going to storage is really hard because I'm like, wow, 
there's my life and this thing and like all of Ryan's things and everything. And it's just like, what the fuck? I try yeah. not to attach too much to it, but it's, it's rough. You open the thing and you're like, okay. Like, my- how did this happen? How did we go from uh-huh. a full life in mm-hmm. a gorgeous home that we both worked to get to yeah. this? Yeah. And then I bring my things I really want out and put them in the context and it's like do I like any of my things I'm just like judge mm. like everything's like too grannyish, and I, I am a kind of a grannyish kind of person I like very classic English kind of things and I do yes, like you and me really connect over that don't yeah I? like you're you're like much more um even you like even older things than than I like I would say but and that's fine. Like, I love antiques. I'm, a pa- I'm passionate about them. But I also like newer things and I mix the things together. But for uh-huh. some reason, I've just been looking around going, like, everything's wrong. Like, I hate wow. I hate my... I've bought truly, like, seven sets of curtains and, and swapped them. I drove 40 minutes to get the curtain rod I wanted yesterday because I was so tired of just trying different curtain rods. I'm just like, I'm going to go to the place where I know there's this one that I've seen that I want and I'm going to fucking get it because I can't have this conversation with myself in my head anymore. Yep. I don't know, just looking at things and just being like, hmm, you like that, do you? Hmm. And, And the anxiety about the space is just, I think it's a lot of things. I think it's me having to like really look around and go okay I'm here why am I here you know I'm happy I've got Mm. my space I love it and I'm proud of what we've built and it's such a relief to have a place in the world where I know is like my base and is here wherever I go I can come back to it but I can't ignore the reason I'm here of course you know it would be like yes really pretending to to do so so it is it's it's a funny balance between happily moving into a new space and then I think I just naively thought I was going to come in here and it was going to be like okay grief's outside of here doesn't come in in here this is my new fresh space where grief will not be dusting things and I can start again but it's like yeah you know what the grief still dusts things in here too so wherever you go there you are yeah, and it's built into it, isn't it? I mean, the grief is in the foundation of it. Not yeah. in, I don't mean that in a disheartening way. No, I mean that as no. embracing it, moving forward with it. But do you find yourself resenting the space because of that? Um, or just kind of still in disbelief? No, I had like a teary moment where I couldn't, where I was sort of, I've been judging myself about having storage. I've got such a thing about people with storage. If you can't fit it in your house, why do you have it? Obviously, my situation is slightly different, whereby, you know, it's a different situation. I've got all my Mm -hmm. husband's stuff. I'm not ready to let it go. I can't fit it in here, so it needs to go in storage, along with everything from our house, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I've got mega judgment about that, and I'm really trying to just get over it and just be grateful that I have the opportunity to have the storage and I haven't had to just, like, get rid of everything and deal with that. But I am kind of like, so now I just have to get rid of everything, do I? It's like, it's just, it feels like one indignity after another. 
I'm like, so now I'm expected to get rid of my table and my chairs and my favorite dresser with the brass B handles on it. Why should I do that? Why do I have to do that? You know, and it's sort Mm -hmm. of like, it feels like a final blow. I'm just unwilling to take. So I'm not getting rid of it. And if that means I have to pay for storage and I have to pay for storage, that's Mm -hmm. the choice I'm making. And then I'm judging myself for spending the money on storage, you know. And the cycle goes on and on and on and on and on. I just, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not ready to like throw my life away or, and when I say my life, I mean like the things that I've collected over the years that have meant so much to me that I made into a home. Why should I, why do I have to get rid of them as well? Can't I just keep something? Fucking hell. (laughs) I get it. So I don't feel resentful towards my space. I love my space. I feel resentful towards the situation and I feel pissed off at Ryan and Max. Honestly, I feel, you know, those are the moments where I just think you fucking assholes. Yeah. And that's how I feel. (laughs) So answer to your question. And then you're going (laughs) to... Then you're going to judge being mad at them, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. It's really wrong to be mad. Mm. It's you know, very it's normal. Not, we're allowed to be annoyed. Even if it, if somebody's died of natural causes and not in an accident or from a, something or another. <laughs> Even if you're just annoyed at them for being dead and leaving you. Yeah. And that's the feeling that you have. It's like... You're allowed to feel that way. And I think I've suppressed my my anger towards them so much because yes. I felt that I have to paint them in this angelic light. And, you know, over my dead body, will anyone mutter a word against them? You know, that's been my attitude. But what I'm beginning to feel is that it's... It, People follow my lead with the grief stuff and it's what I'm doing then is promoting a, uh, promoting a environment where, well, we can't really have all of our feelings. We can just have some of them and the rest Ah. you need to take home with you and you can uh, do that in private. And, you know, we're allowed to be, we're allowed to be fucking annoyed. And I think that, that's just something that I need to get over feeling like we're not or that judging myself for feeling angry, you know. I am angry. <laughs> Thank God you just debunked that. Thank God. It is totally okay to be angry at somebody who has died. When, when Gary Marshall died, he was 84. It was a couple years ago. I was so angry at him. And I would have these, I would punch pillows and I would yell at him and I would say, fuck you. You had so many plans. We were in the middle of so many exciting projects. And just personally, he was, I was very close with him. He was like a grandfather to me. Mm -hmm. How could you do that? You were only 84. You could have stayed in your body for another 10 years. How fucking dare you? Just how dare you do that? You just left. Mm. And I, it, it was like kind of embarrassing for me to feel that way. And I didn't, and then he had, he came through to a medium to me. It was in front of people at 
one of these sacred circles that I think I've shared that a medium friend of mine does. And I was up in front of 20 people and Gary had come through to the medium and, and I wouldn't speak. I was like, what, what do you want to say? (laughs) And the medium goes, Oh, what do you want to say? He's saying, this isn't about what he has to say. Why don't you say what you want to say? And I started yelling at him in the middle of this circle. And and I came Classic to terms Lucy with Walsh. it. Classic Lucy Walsh. Classic Lucy Walsh. Ready to flip the table at a dead guy. You fucking cunt. <laughs> it's true. And then I watched this Diane Keaton movie last night. Really cute movie. Is it called Hampstead? Yep. Oh! Have you seen Hampstead? Yes. Diane Keaton? I loved so, it. I thought of you when I watched it. I thought, Annabelle, I'm sure she's watched this, but I loved, because she's a widow, and there's this scene where she's in the graveyard, and she's screaming at her husband's <laughs> grave, and she's throwing shit at him. Yeah. She's like, how dare you have an affair? What yeah. the fuck? She's all mad, And you yeah. leave me with all this financial yeah. hardship. Fuck you! Yeah. And she's just screaming at him, and I loved it. I yeah. think it's so important what you just said about being angry, and... I loved that the movie showed that. And you just made me remember when I felt that way towards Gary. So you're right. We can't embrace certain emotions and push the others away. It's just not helpful. And I've been trying to do it this whole year. And I've, I'm just losing the will to pretend anything really anymore. Um, I mean, pretend maybe isn't the right word. But no, that's a perfect word. I feel the same. <laughs> it's actually causing a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, it's just we're the ones that are alive. Yeah. And of course, you have to protect people's memories. You have to honor them and respect them, whether they're in the room or in the planet. You know, it's. Sure, but that doesn't mean. At my expense. At all right. of our expense. You know, I think to myself sometimes, God, would it be just a real relief if I, I had a chat with Ryan's mum and I said, you know what? I'm fucking livid. Maybe she would feel like she could go, I am so angry. You know, and I think about all yeah. the other people. And at the beginning, people would say to me like, oh, you know, they would cry and they'd hold me and they'd say, I'm, Ryan, I'm so mad at him. And they would say it with a smile on their face. And I would just... Nothing. I, you, there's no reaction from me. I couldn't even handle that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, <laughs> not slandering the boys. I'm just saying, no, you know, of course not. you guys fucked up. And now yeah. I'm up shit's creek without a paddle. And I'm not throwing my fucking bee dresser away because of you two fucking idiots. Yeah. Love you, but no. And That's don't very- Ryan Brady... Get out of my head telling me to stop wasting money on storage. No. (laughs) You know, he's the voice in my head when it comes to reason and money and all that stuff. And it's like, no, get out of my head with this one. Yeah. You don't get to tell me when I (laughs) do things now. You put me in this fucking situation. So, yeah, I'm going to use the money for the storage for another year until I sort it out. And until then, you can shut up about it. In my own head, yeah. it's me, but it's him, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes total sense. Giving yourself permission to feel all those feelings without judgment. 
yeah. gives others permission to do the same around you. Like you yeah. said, you set the tone mm. with the people around you. Yeah. I just don't want people to feel they can't say how they feel around me. That's the worst thing I can think of in the world. I hate that feeling around other people, especially people I'm close to. I don't want to feel like there are things that are off limits. Um, I hate that. I know. It, it's such a barrier. It's it's not real. It's not how are we to connect if there are these things that are off limits. And if something feels off limits to me and makes me really uncomfortable, then clearly I need to really talk about it and address it because it's mm-hmm. clearly a problem that needs to be sorted out. So, yeah. Anyways. I can see from hearing that, I can start to see in me so many things that are off limits that I'm not allowed to feel that are, I, I, oh my God, I could never say that out mm-hmm. loud. I could never admit that. You tiptoe around so many things in your own head and it's like Even living with in an invisible prison with yourself. Starts with you. Mm. It's like that picture of the horse who's tethered to a plastic chair and they can walk away anytime. Yeah. Or, you know, you can put it into any context. Somebody's sitting in a jail cell and the it's door is not open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that horse thing. It's so great. Have you seen the one where the horse is tied to the plastic water bottle? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, seriously we're living this way other i think other people yeah were able to see their judgment a little more this week some of the feedback we got was astonishing to me i had this really emotional message from a listener and a friend named abigail and um i'd like to share that so here's what abigail said I think you mentioned in an earlier episode, maybe months ago, about how upsetting everything that's happening in the world right now. And I feel the exact same way. I just love what you guys said on this. It was really, really powerful. And I so relate to that because I did that today. I was like, oh my God, I have to sell this. I have to clean this. I don't want this anymore. I don't want this in my life. I know that when I get in that space of like over cleaning and needing to purge, there's something I'm trying to release and something I'm trying to get rid of. Or I'll go through a frenzy where I feel like I need to redecorate. It's because I'm not feeling valuable enough inside. It really struck a chord with me today. It's probably partly what I'm going through just in life. But I just wanted to um, reach out and share that with you. And uh, it was a really beautiful episode. So thank you. As I said to you when you first played me that, even through everything that we've learned in the last year, I still, when I hear people getting emotional like that, I want to rush to go, ah, no. mm. it's okay. <laughs> and then I feel like I've done something to harm them. You know, it haven't. It's just these conversations, you know, we get the messages every week. We get little notes from our friends, voicemails, and we're all doing this together. You know, when we cry, you cry. When we laugh, you laugh, you know. Yeah we get mad you get mad sometimes with each other sometimes yeah (laughs) you know that's the beauty of this thing Um, when I hear when I hear someone get upset like that to me I go good good we're giving them permission Mm. to go there yeah and that's what we do for each other you just said it back and forth whether it's laughing crying anger whatever back and forth we give each other permission in our well, lives like, don't it's we it's like we were just saying about you know so many people have said to me over the last year well we'll just follow your lead and i think it, they've mm. sort of said it in a way 
you know, when you say something to someone, you sort of look at them to be like, are you get are you reading it's, me? It, yeah. And yes. I've been unavailable for that in a lot of ways because of the things that we just discussed. But I think this show, like with the grief, like with all of it, sometimes somebody else saying something just goes, ah, fucking hell, yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. I have a great cry. <laughs> well, oh, thank God somebody, God somebody said else it. said it. Exactly. So as much as, I, as much as we hate to make you cry, we also... Love to make you cry. <laughs> Glad that you're feeling just anything. Glad you're crying. Glad you're crying. Um, and we hope that it's a healing sob rather than a, than a desperate one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Marnie says, just finished this week's app. Almost had to sit down in the street several times. Sorry, Marnie. <laughs> Sorry, Marnie. I hope it was a good sit down and not a tragic sit down. Knock the wind out of you, babe. Didn't mean to, but glad, glad we did. Yes. What else have we got here? Let's see. Um, Brianna says, hi, ladies. Thanks for another great episode that hits so close to home for me. I'm judgmental at times and I'm trying to break away from that, but I know I'm harshest on myself when it comes to judgment. I criticize things about myself like actions and feelings and wonder if even when something feels right for me and I lean into it because I instinctively want to, in my mind it's different than what I've done or have been told it's wrong throughout my life by others close to me because someone didn't approve. So she's basically saying, even when something feels right, I mm. still judge it because somebody else might have said that it was wrong. Mm. I can absolutely relate to that. Thank you for the honest conversation about another part of what makes us human. And she says, and I legit laughed out loud when Annabelle said she wasn't a nun. <laughs> May shock you to learn. <laughs> Did you think I was a nun, Lucy? Uh, no, I was going to say, <laughs> nobody who knows you was, would ever um, have any <laughs> confusion about <laughs> you being a nun or not. Great feedback. Another great episode. I felt like we were stumbling through it, but it ended up being a good chat. So glad we had that. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of feedback, some exciting news. We have special announcement. <laughs> we have created a telephone hotline. I know I said I was going to do it the week before. I couldn't figure it out, but now I've figured it out. Woo, so we have a telephone hotline. We have a little hotline for our honeys. If you guys want to call us, leave a message. That's what we want you to do. Obviously, we chat mostly on Instagram with you, but if you want to leave us a little voicemail, you can call us on 805-836-2950. That is Can't wait to hear your voices. That is the Lucy and Annabelle hotline. Um, Okay. Thrilling times. Yeah, you can leave leave us whatever you want. You can talk about the episodes, basically listener feedback, but uh, audio now, and we will start to incorporate it into the show. Cannot wait to hear all your shining voices. That's going to be very cute. Keep it clean, people, or don't. No, don't. Leave Annabelle dirty messages. (laughs) Leave Annabelle the dirtiest, creepiest messages that you can think of. Not creepy ones, but I do... (laughs) You know me. I love the drama. I love the craziness. So I'm available for all of that. 
If you've got any yeah. spider or mushroom updates, you can leave a message for Lucy. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so we've covered all of that. The The admin is ticked off. Admin is done. And speaking of ticked off. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You've had a bit of a... Yeah. You've had a bit of an angry week, haven't you? I've had a really angry week. Look, it goes hand in hand with judgment. Yeah. It really does. A judgment, the shame, the anger, they are all so intertwined and interchangeable. And they happen so quickly on top of each other back and forth that it's just this like soup, <laughs> this anger soup yeah. that I think we walk around with a lot. And I think... Maybe the judgment talk unlocked a lot of things because a lot of anger was coming to the surface for me this week. And this happens for all of us, right? Sometimes you have just a really angry day or a really angry week and you can't really explain it, but you're just working through something. And that's okay. Yeah. Like the emotions that we want to embrace, like the the anger at somebody who's died, it's okay to be angry. And for a long time... I just refused to get angry. Mm. I couldn't get angry in my acting. I couldn't get angry really? in my acting. No, like I would do a scene and I couldn't have that confrontation. Wow. I couldn't stand strong with my point of view and go at the other person. Oh my I had God, a real a real struggle. So, we tease me a lot about flipping tables and punching people. I think that is because for so long, yeah, I just you stuffed it down. I stuffed it down. I just walked around with this f- smile pasted on my face, which I think 99.9% of us do. And I love that poster of people who have taken their own lives. There's Robin Williams. There's maybe 10 or 15 people on this poster. And it says, this is what depression looks like. Mm-hmm. And they're all smiling. Mm-hmm. And I really like every time I see that because it's a really powerful reminder that we walk around afraid to embrace our anger and the scary feelings and the dark feelings Mm. that we judge so harshly in ourselves. So I'm trying to just let my anger live in the sunlight and embrace it and learn about it and go down that path until I don't need to anymore. So it came out with my family this week. I had a horrible horrible situation with my family that also made me feel really shameful. Like you said, with your family situation, I feel really shameful. I feel dirty. I feel evil. Mm. I feel like a bad person, but those are all my judgments. Look at that. Those are just self judgments. Are they your judgments or are they... Well, no, I mean, I am being told, (laughs) I am being told that I am a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, And this is around the sort of holidays and, you know, in America here, we've got Thanksgiving coming up and uh, it's the beginning of the holiday season. You know, I've noticed people are already starting to put their Christmas trees up. feels like Christmas is settling in sooner than ever. Um, I think people are just desperate to throw themselves into something. I know. Have a nice time and feel cozy and good. Um, but the holidays are can be really hard for people. 
as we know, people start to lose their minds a little bit yeah. when the holidays approach. And that that can be because of grief, mm-hmm. because you've lost someone around the holidays, which you have, Annabelle. Mm-hmm. I have. I lost my grandfather five days before Max and Ryan died. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost a couple other of my best friends. My One of my best friends, Jason, died on the 21st of November. So for a lot of us, there's a lot of grief surrounding yeah. the holidays. It really shines a light on who's not here anymore. On and who's not here um not because they're not not because they're dead, you know, but because they just have chosen not to be around you. Chosen not to be around you. They've been disinvited. They've been yep. invited but made to feel well, we're inviting you, but you know, and but there's conditions, yeah. or we're not okay the with this, are a or field, and then obviously you add into it like COVID, and you add in yeah all the other shit that's going on in the world. You know, I feel like I'd like to go back to the good old days when we didn't talk about politics or religion at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, that you know what there was something to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, I'd like to add into that is uh, people's medical history and choices. Also something yes. I would love to be off of the table. Yes, I think there's a very good reason <laughs> that those things are not allowed at the dinner table, and we should definitely go back to that. Take a cue from English aristocracy. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's holidays are hard, and then you put in any little slight hiccup, and all of a sudden you can feel like, the sky's falling. Um, yeah. And fuck this, I just want to go and be on my own. Exactly. So I, I dealt with that this week with some family members, and that was my reaction. I just went, fuck this, fuck you, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving. I never want to speak to you again, and I'm going to punish you forever. Yeah. And I'm going to punish myself. Yeah. So I got myself in this real gridlock mm-hmm. of anger. And I'm not out of it yet. What I do when I get really angry, don't think I'm alone here, is I start to punish my body yeah, and deprive my body of what it needs. So these seem like really small, stupid things maybe, but they add up Mm -hmm. and they are the um, symptoms of something bigger going on. So I will go, well, fuck it. I'm not going to wash my face before I go to bed and I'm not going to put moisturizer on. Uh, and I'm not going to brush my teeth Mm. and I'm going to drink a glass of wine as I'm laying in bed. So I just fall asleep kind of buzzed. And then I wake up in the morning and my face is dry as sandpaper (laughs) and my eye makeup's still on and my, my poor eyes are dry. Uh, my teeth aren't handled. That seems funny maybe, but those aren't good. Like I know what taking care of myself. It's I like, know what taking yeah. care of myself is like. I know I know the things that I do to stay taking care of myself. And when I'm not doing those things, I can tell that something bigger is going on. And for me, it usually leads back to anger. And I think we have to be careful of punishing ourselves and depriving ourselves when we get in that ego gridlock of, of fuck you and fuck, fuck this and I'm, I'm just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and mm. burn the house down and, mm. and blow everyone up. Mm. So that's where I'm at. And I know that it's not healthy, but you know, when you're in it 
and you just like can't get yourself out of it. Mm. I really do. You know, you know that this isn't the the real you and the way you want to be functioning, but you're you're so you're just so stubborn in that anger and and I'm feeling so stubborn which makes me judge myself more. It's just an endless cycle. Well, I think you just need to feel what you feel and then you're not going to feel angry forever. And besides, anyways, as we know, <laughs> anger is much easier to feel than sadness. And what I think you really are is sad. So, yeah. So then we're getting angry and then we're judging ourselves. And then we're angry that we're judging ourselves. And then we're angry that we're sad. And then, you know, <laughs> and it's just, it just goes on and on and on and on. And it's sort of like, you've just got to, like, a like a toddler let I think let the tantrum run out yeah and then just be aware trying to suppress the tantrum and then turning it on yourself yeah I mean the turning it on yourself thing is something I could literally write a book about I mean I I know we can do a huge series on that it's it's all I've ever done you know as a the eating disorder started kicking up when I was maybe seven as a way to uh kind of turn the outside the pain that I felt outside inward yeah um I was I I was cutting myself as a as a teenager and that was kind of my like gateway drug to self-harm was you know that and I never really understood why I was doing it until somebody explained it to me. It's just was me. And and this resonated with me. It's not to say that this is it for everyone, but the pain I was feeling, the anger I was feeling, I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't share it. I couldn't, I was a child. I didn't know how to work through it. So I made it, I like summatized it and made it real. I made Mm. the pain show. And Mm. one of the things I've realized with, with this eating disorder therapy I've been doing is that when I do lose weight purposefully, it's my way of going, look how much pain I'm in. And when you hug me and you feel my bones, that's my way of saying to you, look how much pain I'm in. Hmm when you don't wash your face, when you wake up and you haven't taken care of the dishes or you've drunk wine when you go to bed, look how much pain I'm in. And you get to look yeah. in the mirror and go, Lucy, you're in so much pain. Yeah, and that's one of the things, but I want to share a couple others that are not comfortable for me to say out loud, but I think it's important because I hope it gives others permission to see when they're doing this. Mm-hmm. But like, I will, I won't shower. Yeah. For like days, mm-hmm. I will hold it when I have to pee. Wow, interesting. I it makes me emotional because you you turn it on yourself and you you ignore mm. the signs that your body's giving you for what it needs. Mm-hmm. That's why we get a signal. Hey, I got to pee. Okay, let me do that for you so that you're handled so that you don't get a urinary tract infection or a bladder infection. Let me handle that for us. And when, oh man, yeah, more things like that. I mean, I'll eat shit. I'll just eat sugar and I'll drink. Mm. And I 
won't have sex. I'll deprive myself of all that. Like you said, the dishes, I won't clean. It, it becomes this total system shutdown. Yeah. And you cannot, you just can't allow it. I think that you can allow it for a day. I think you can go, do you know what? This has been a fucking shit day. It's three o'clock. I'm putting my pajamas on. I'm having a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I'm not washing my fucking face. I'm going to eat Harry Bow for dinner. I'm going to wake up in the morning and just try again then. Mm-hmm. I think that that's acceptable. I think that we all do that. That is acceptable. I think this is a, a different level that kind of goes into the disorder realm because it can go on for a long time. Yeah. And it's a lot of invisible things that no one else can see. Yeah. But you can feel it. You can feel the pain is real because you mm. got to pee. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting that you say that. I. I think I've heard of people doing that before. Not, I, It's not something I've thought about for a long time, but I've definitely heard of people doing that before. Yeah. Um, and this isn't a constant for me. I don't think that's the point. I just think when we find ourselves in that state of mind where, we, where we're doing those things to, to punish, uh, you just got to catch it and change it mm. and get back in the light and, and handle your emotional state and embrace the emotions like you said let the tantrum run out that child needs to have the tantrum it'll be over soon it's okay it's not the end of the world i wish that mine was slightly more i just go fully like in do you know what i mean there's not it's not like oh you know what fuck it i'm not gonna wash my face tonight it's like, there's no gray area for me. It's like, okay, time to starve yourself. Time to over-exercise. Time, yeah. you know, I obviously don't cut myself anymore, but then it was just like, it was just zero to a hundred. There was uh, no wow. like in-between steps that I uh-huh. could pull myself up on. And oh. so when you have that kind of thing, I think it has to be handled differently than maybe like with what you're talking about. Yes. There may be more signifiers to you that you can grip grip onto and go, do you know what? I'm noticing there that I've done that. And I think that's a little signal to me that yeah. I'm maybe on the verge of... It's a little flag, isn't it? Of like... Yeah, it's a flag. And then... It's a red flag. You're not going to... Sometimes you're going to blaze through those red flags and you're going to do everything yeah. all at once <laughs> and it's going to go on for days. Listen, of course... But what you're saying sounds much different from what I just described. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't think that I do that. And I'm wondering what the difference is. It, is it just in our chemical makeup and who we are as souls, who we are as I think it's just people? habit. I just think it's a habit that, that you've been able, you, all of your things are like things you can hide. Right. Yeah, I don't do anything that shows on the outside. Mine are all things that are really high stakes and hard to hide. So, like, if yeah. you're close to me, you're going to notice if there are cuts you on know my arm. If you're going to hug right. me, you, you know, like, I, I have such a thing in my life of, like, my closest people to me will know I'm not okay before I know I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And... I think 
this just crossed my mind. Not that you haven't experienced this because maybe, but the reason I keep my self punishments invisible is be, I think ties into the people pleasing. Like I don't want to be a burden to anyone else, but I will punish myself within an inch of my own life. Mm. And that leads back to that low self-esteem, yeah. which is part of being overly judgmental, mm-hmm. which we all suffer from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've never, I don't want to impose it on anyone else. And that comes back to the timid child who didn't want to impose any hardship on my father so that he wouldn't leave. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I've so never it becomes been invisible and silent. A people so have pleaser. you had it? No, because I've, right. I've never been a people pleaser. Um, so your stuff is outward opposite. and visible. Yeah, opposite. I'm like, oh, because you just I don't said, please you. Oh, go fuck yourself then. You just said <laughs> earlier, like, yeah, you just said earlier, this is the proof to the world that I'm in pain. Exactly, and I think, and from, to me, I don't want the world to see my pain. Yeah, I think very much. So that makes a lot of sense. That it does. You would be. I've always had, like, Ryan would say I was a shock jock. I like to shock people. I, like, I wear it all out on my sleeve. I, you know, I've just always been that way. And I think it's also that's just my nature. But also I think specifically I felt very um, unseen and unheard by my parents. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to make you fucking see me. Wow, I had the opposite reaction. I went, oh, shit, I must be in, I am invisible. Yeah. Wow. I, I admire the way you are and your reaction so much. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the opposite from how I handled it. The way I reacted, no judgment against it. I did the best I could as yeah. a young child and no judgment. Uh, and not no. that any one way is better than no, the other. It it's not judged up against each other. No. It's just fascinating to see how we each react as individuals. And no two of us react the same. No. Yeah, I was like, oh, you, d- you still don't see me? Okay, I'm going to dye my hair blue. And I'm going to put two nose piercings in. And if you don't like that, I'm going to get a fucking tattoo. I'm going to date an old man. Like, I was just like, oh, you see me yet, bitch? Mm-hmm. Like that was my reaction. I think, and it was. Mm-hmm. It's only now that I'm older that I'm beginning to understand that it that that's what it was. It was me waving the white flag of like, somebody please help me. I am mm-hmm. in pain, and I need to be loved. I need to be helped. I need to be held and guided. And yeah, you know, I think that I don't need that anymore. So right. uh, I am able to provide that for myself now as an yeah, adult. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I I can I can do all those things for me now. So there's no need anymore for these systems. And I think that's why I've come to this place with, with the eating disorder um, thinking where I'm just ready to get off the merry-go-round because I it doesn't serve me anymore. I don't need it mm-hmm. anymore. I don't want it anymore. And... I am very capable of processing my emotions in a healthy way, of communicating what I need to communicate, of taking care of myself. So that... uh, Me too. That behavior is completely redundant in my life, and I want it gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's why this week was really intense for me is because I had not resorted back to those patterns in a long time. Okay. And that's okay that it came up again. That's okay. Absolutely. It will. It's just human. I don't really. Yeah. Being human. Exactly. Yeah. You're not infallible. It's not like you're never going to. We never are going to get to this perfect place where we're like, oh, we're cured and we never, we're never going to yeah. make mistakes and we're never going to say the wrong thing and we're always going to be the perfect partner and sister and daughter and a fucking pussy's always going to be on straight and my hair is And I already be dealt with that. Mm. So it's not going to ever come back because I already neatly tucked that away in a box. Ugh. Jeff loves to remind me that I'm going to be reminded of shit for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah, he 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 always says to me when I make a breakthrough with his stuff. He's like, "I'm just. I know I say it to you all the time. You, this isn't the loss of this. Yeah, they're reminders, aren't they? Yeah, he's like, it's a so, part. Some some things are just habits we can get rid of, and some things I think are very hardwired into us and take work every day. And those are the things that are not just going to disappear overnight. Sorry, like my eating disorder no. isn't just going to be disappearing from me but i can mute it you know we can get better at handling them yeah um yeah i think interestingly enough i've made a lot of jokes about my eating disorder and self-harm and my my instinct to self-harm and i think that's another thing that i'd really like to kind of move away from is not to be like, oh my god, super serious chat, trigger warning. Uh. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, I don't mean that to become precious about it, but um, but I do think that it's total uh, avoidance. The jokes I make about it, and yeah, you know, I think that I make a lot of jokes about the future and being, you know having a low BMI and being a frail granny and all those things almost to just make it okay in case it does happen. Yeah. I mean, a comic, (laughs) a comic said something last week that I love. He said, uh, if I don't make a joke out of it, it'll kill me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I know what you mean. I, I have a rule as much as I can where it's okay to have a sense of humor about oneself. Of course you should. But the put-downs against myself, mm. I, I try to stay away from. I don't like putting myself down. And I did that for a long time mm. out of avoidance. Yeah, yeah, it is total avoidance. If I make myself a joke, if I make my experiences a joke, then nobody else can judge them because I already did. Yeah, exactly. And it's what we were talking about earlier, about people taking your lead. And yes. if I'm joking about my eating disorder, ha ha ha, then people... You're telling everyone else it's okay to do the same. And then I'm also telling future me like, Haha, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, yep. no, it's not fine. It's boring. It's old. It's tired. You don't need it anymore. Let's move on from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All... Isn't it funny how the holidays just bring up all of this <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've got a month ahead to talk about it and discuss what unfolds. Yeah. What a great conversation. This really helped me. Good, yeah. Um, So 
I this is great shit. <laughs> obviously, Thanksgiving is next week, and I w- we wanted to do this chat now because when the next episode comes out, we will have already had Thanksgiving. So sorry if this feels premature to anyone, but what else? We wanted to get it in the pipeline. Um, yeah, and obviously, it's been a year since Ryan and Max died, and. We've touched on the grief stuff a little bit this week, but I guess just a little grief check from me will be that Yeah. what I've decided to do and how to handle the day is I'm going to wake up in the morning and my family and I are going to go to the yacht club where Ryan loved and wrote, was inspired to write a lot of music he and max were he, they have a whole um album called tropical purgatory that they had just put out one of the songs is called the yacht club it's all got this kind of like nautical tropical yacht rock theme um it's so funny yeah and so we're gonna go to the beach in the morning and i'm gonna put some of his ashes in the water and we're all gonna take a shot of mezcal and Aww. have a moment and um, acknowledge and if we want to cry and if we want to yell and if we want to whatever we're going to do that and then we're going to come home and the rest of the day is going to be for the living and celebrating mm-hmm. how far we've come in the last year and it's really important to me that you know, I think there's a lot around these anniversaries, death anniversaries, as we've both decided we hate that term. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. Um, hate it. And the one year is like very charged, you know. And I've had yeah, so very. many people reaching out to me and being like, well, you know, one year coming up. And I'm like, okay, you think I don't know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, really? I had forgotten. So that's been interesting. I've definitely had a few moments where I've been like, okay, Annabelle, just take a breath. Um, You know, it's going to be a hard month, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm like, it's been a hard year. (laughs) It's been a, it may. Bitch, it's a hard hour right now. It may shock you to learn, but it's been a hard year. And the next one's probably going to be hard too. And, And what I wanted to say was that there's a lot of chat about how hard and sad the anniversaries are and absolutely they are and of course you're sad and of course you're recognizing what happened and what took place on that day I just want to say that it's also okay to be happy and joyful and celebratory on that day if that's what feels good to you yes and for me it's going to be well, obviously, I can't predict what it's going to be. First of all, that would that would be hilarious. I'm completely open to the fact that I have got this whole plan, and then I might just come home from the beach and go to bed. You know, I'm yeah. completely open to whatever's going to happen. But as we've learned with the birthdays and everything else, making a plan of action helps to tackle these days. So, I want to acknowledge Ryan and Max in the morning and feel it and then the rest of the day I want to acknowledge and be grateful for my family and my friends and the people who have got us all each of us have got us through this year and we're moving into 
thriving. We haven't just survived. Mm. We're now, no. we're going into thriving now. And for me, that's what the one year anniversary is going to be. It's going to be both sadness, loss and grief, but an also a celebration that we made it. <laughs> we're like still here, you know? And, and just, I think Thanksgiving will never be more meaningful me, to me than it will be this year because I am so grateful and so thankful for for everyone who's just literally kept me alive. <laughs> um, you know, you and my family and everything. It's just, I didn't think I was going to survive. <laughs> and, um, and I did and I am and we all are <laughs> um and yeah. so i just really want to celebrate that on thanksgiving um ryan and max have been dead for a year you know they're gonna they've been dead every day for a year and i have grieved every day for a year and they're gonna be dead every day for the rest of my life and i'm gonna grieve every day for the rest of my life so i'm choosing to mark it as <laughs> another year of still being here <laughs> um still here still here um and and i will love and miss them every minute of every day forever um and i'm gonna make my sister drink mezcal she hates it <laughs> <laughs> and you will honor that and them by living a thrilling joyful full life yeah we all will and we must yeah Yep. That is the greatest honor that we can give is moving forward together mm-hmm. and just fucking squeezing the juice <laughs> out of every day, sopping up that gravy with our bread, every last morsel on that plate. Yeah. Just get it, you know, just yeah. go for it. We're here. We're still here. Yeah. Those boys lived Every motherfucking second of their lives till the last le- last second of their lives. And like you said, the greatest honor is to do the same. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Love you. Love you. Thanks for the memory of sentimental verse. Nothing in my purse and Chuckles when the preacher says For better or for worse Hound love